You know the expression of taking one step forward and two steps back? Well, it's kind of like that at this point in the church year. The reading that we read last week from Jeremiah is about a generation further ahead of this week's reading. But we're closer to Christmas, but we're going back in time, and it's all very confusing. Last week, we heard of God's promise to bring peace to Jerusalem. Peace that still seems to elude us thousands of years later. In Isaiah, Babylon has captured Judah. Eventually, Babylon will fall to Persia, who will fall to Greece, who will fall to Rome. And then we get to Christmas. It seems like we go back and forth a fair amount. But for this reading, we need to stay. We need to stay with Babylon. This is actually the beginning of the time of persecution of God's people, the prediction of it falling to Babylon from Isaiah 6. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The prophet Isaiah asks, How long, O God, will this punishment last? for being in the state of unclean lips. God said, until cities lie waste, without inhabitants and houses, without people, and the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away, and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. The days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your ancestors have stored up until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Some of your own sons who are born to you shall be taken away. You know, one of my tasks as a preacher is to preach the good news. And then we get a reading like this. And I begin to wonder, where is it? Because that certainly does not look like good news to me. Imagine for a moment that this was happening for us. Some of your own sons who were born to you shall be taken away. Thousands and thousands of years ago, that was the prophecy about Judah a little bit closer to home and a little bit sooner in history than that 
it happened here in this land. All that peoples, all that nations had been able to build up, including their children, were taken away. If you wonder at times why our Lutheran church is concerned about the plight of our indigenous sisters and brothers and siblings, because it's the same story thousands and thousands of years later. Imagine, imagine what it would be like to be in that space, in that time. Imagine how we would all want to speak some words of comfort in the midst of that. It is at this point that we have today's reading. In the midst of the grief, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the turmoil. One author has said this about how this reading is broken up. The voices in verses 1 to 5 are those of heavenly courtiers implementing the decree. And then in verses 6 to 8, one of them speaks to the prophet who, like his master Isaiah of Jerusalem, is told to announce that he has seen and heard to the people of God. Jerusalem, personified as a mother and queen, is told to go up to a high mountain and announce the coming of Yahweh to the cities of Judah. It is at this point in the book of Isaiah that the punishment is over. God's people can finally return home. The prophet is commissioned to share the good news and Jerusalem announces that God is coming. But how are these words comfort? How are these words anything more than empty in the midst of the turmoil? A voice says, cry out. And I say, what shall I cry? All people are grass, their constancy, like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, and the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. I remember my sister phoning me one day in the middle of January when she had flown down to Texas on a company trip. And she said to me, did you know grass goes brown in the winter? (laughs) Because it doesn't hear if it snows well enough, right? It stays green. My sister had no idea how much grass could actually wither. I mean, those were the days where we watered grass like we had more water than, than the world, right? Now we see grass withering 
more often than we did in the past. We know what it's like. We know how delicate it is. We know how quickly, if there isn't enough rain, if there isn't enough water, as the world darkens and as it gets colder, we know how much grass can actually wither. So if we are like grass, how, how is this a word of comfort? It's this next part. We know the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. We may wither and fade, but God's word doesn't. I don't know about you, but for me, there are more than enough days than I want to admit when I wither and fade. And yet the only thing that can get me through it is turning back to God's word. So what would peace for Jerusalem look like? What would peace for us look like? What would peace in the world look like? It might look like this. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. We'll find peace in our world when we're fed, when we're carried, when we're led to the next stop on our journey. For me, and probably most of us, those things come from the scriptures. These words from Isaiah repeated by John the Baptist in preparation for the coming of Jesus. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Let it be our task to make a smooth path for everyone to get to see Jesus this Christmas. I'd love if they all came here to see him. But if they don't come here, let them see Jesus this Christmas in us in our lives, in our hearts, in our stories, in our interactions with them. Because ultimately, if we live out God's word, they will see Jesus, and we will find peace, and so will they. And for that, we give thanks. Amen.